A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A quiz of ice and fire. Hello there, listeners. It's time for another quiz of ice and fire. I'm your host, Lady Guinevere. And I'm also your host. I'm you, boy. We are Radio Westeros. Usually we do detailed analysis of A Song of Ice and Fire, but the kindness of our patrons has unlocked this bonus quiz feature. And by bonus, we mean there is no charge for patrons. This is a freebie bonus quiz just for some fun. And we do pick and choose questions that might remind you about book details, both important and trivial, that you might have missed or forgotten. Ryan, if you're keeping score, it might be a good idea to get a pen and paper handy now. There are 17 questions. We do love it when you guys shout out your scores to us across social media. And today's topic is food. Hmm, tasty food described in unparalleled detail is a staple of George's writing in A Song of Ice and Fire. Our mouths are watering just thinking of those feasts and festivities. Food for gorging, food you wouldn't serve your dog, even food for plot points. Sirs and ladies, we have it all here today. So show us your plates and let us serve you a delicious helping of A Quiz of Ice and Fire, the food edition. Okay, so question one. During the reopening of Daznak's Pit in A Dance with Dragons, Strong Balwas gorges himself on a whole bowl of what? And... This seems to make him very ill, leading to the assumption that someone had tried to assassinate Danny. So what is the food stuff we're talking about? It's two words, one for the flavouring and one for the food stuff. And let's call it half a point for each. Okay, so two word phrase to describe the food. Strong Belwas ate at Desnak's pit. Right, and question two... The Dothraki like to, quote, drink themselves blind on a curious alcoholic drink, one that's mentioned throughout their chapters in A Game of Thrones, that Viserys dislikes and Danny can't stand the smell of. Name the three words we're thinking of for this Dothraki drink. Yeah, and this sounds really delicious. The Dothraki sure know how to let their long braids down. And so that was question two. Now on to question three. In A Game of Thrones, reflecting on the events of the Trident with Joffrey and Micah, Sansa and Arya argue and the younger sibling throws something right at Sansa, hitting her forehead and ruining her dress. 
Our question is, what item and type of food was Aya throwing there? Okay, food fight at the table between Arya and Sansa, and we can be pretty sure Septim Mordain was not amused. Now, question four. Davos Seaworth, called the Onion Knight, is known for smuggling a literal boatload of onions into Storm's End during the siege of, in Robert's Rebellion. However, onions were not the only foodstuff he smuggled in, so name the other, less-mentioned food that Davos smuggled into Stannis, and these two words we're looking for. Yes, perhaps Davos was trying to compliment the onion dishes there. So that's it. What food did Davos smuggle in with the onions? And on to question five. During her time at Harrenhal, Arya Stark is involved in a plot featuring a large vat of boiling soup, masterminded by Jacques and Hagar. Later, the soup is given a nickname by Shagwell. So what is this name given to the soup? Okay, Arya involved in a secret plotting at Harrenhal and a certain kind of soup. Now on to question six. Where Danny lives in the Great Pyramid in Marine, there is a tree with edible fruit beside a pool, which sounds rather idyllic. On one occasion, she sees Quaith under the tree, and later looks back and Quaith is gone. The tree has fruit of the same name. What is this tree and its fruit? Yeah, what is this notable tree and fruit involved in Danny's story there in A Dance with Dragons? Moving on to question seven. What food, often baked in pies, is the name of a jailer on Dragonstone and is also a disparaging nickname given to Lord Wyman Manderley on account of his appetite. Okay, so one word actually doing triple duty as a nickname, as an actual name, and as the name of a food. Now, question eight. Arya and Gendry encounter an inn that is also a brothel. One of the girls there is called Bella, and we discover that during the rebellion, Robert had hid there during the Battle of the Bells. This inn has a rather edible name, so name it. Yes, the edible name of a certain brothel stroke inn. And on to question nine. Which major feast in the book has food described like this? The feast began with the thin leek soup, followed by a salad of green beans, onions and beets, river pike poached in almond milk, mounds of mashed turnips that were cold before they reached the table, jellied calf's brains and a leche of stringy beef. It was poor fare. Wow, you're not kidding. So what we're looking for is the name of the feast that that food was served at. And now on to question 10. In A Dance with Dragons, Aegon claims to have been swapped as a baby with another boy from Pisswater Bend. The boy's father was allegedly paid with what to sell out his young son. And for a clue, it's a type of wine. Yes, we're looking for this wine and we want specifically the type of wine. And so on to question 11. 
Joffrey's wedding to Marjorie was magnificent before the strangler claimed the king as a victim. So our question is, how many courses were involved in that wedding? Okay, so the number of courses at Joffrey's wedding to Marjorie. And now on to question 12. Sansa Stark is known for loving one food. What is it? Yes, I think a lot of Sansa Stark fanatics should be able to get this one. What food is Sansa Stark best known for loving? And on to question 13. In the pot shops of Flea Bottom in King's Landing, what's the name commonly given to a helping of a cheap stew containing questionable meat? Okay, so the actual name that's given to this stew in the pot shops. Now on to question 14. What two foodstuffs are traditionally used in the invoking of guest right, which is so central to the plot of the books? Yes, guess right. Particularly important to Northerners. We're looking for the two foodstuffs used to invoke this right. And now on to question 15. Here's a quote from a meal from somewhere in the Seven Kingdoms. Listen to this description and name the region where the meal derives from. The kid had been roasted with lemon and honey. With it were grape leaves stuffed with a melange of raisins, onions, mushrooms and fiery dragon peppers. Okay, and by kid we mean young goat, not young child. And that is finished with lemon and honey and a side of stuffed grape leaves. What region would you find that meal in? On to question 16. Singer's stew is the name Tyrion gives to a stew, insinuating that Bronn has killed a certain singer who is now being sold in an act of unknowing cannibalism in the pot shops of Flea Bottom. What is the name of the singer in Tyrion and Bronn's singer's stew? Yes, and he is known for his Hands of Gold song, if you remember that. So what was the name of this singer that ended up in someone's stew? Okay, and on to the final question, number 17. The following passage is from another significant event in the story. Name the event containing this serving. The guests gorged on cod cakes and winter squash hills of neeps and great round wheels of cheese on smoking slabs of mutton and beef ribs charred almost black, and lastly on three great wedding pies as wide across as wagon wheels, their flaky crusts stuffed to bursting with carrots, onions, turnips, parsnips, mushrooms and chunks of seasoned pork swimming in a savoury brown gravy. Okay, so there's the questions, all 17. We'll be right back in a moment with the answers for you after this. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. 
That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Okay, so we're back now with the answers to the food questions. And we'll start in with question one, which you remember involved the reopening of Daznak's pit in A Dance with Dragons. Strong Belwas gorged himself on a whole bowl of something that seemed to make him very ill. What was the flavoring and what was the food stuff? We asked for both words, half a point for each. The answer was honeyed locusts. Yes, it was those honeyed locusts. And here's a quote from the books. Hisdar had stocked their box with flagons of chilled wine and sweet water, with figs, dates, melons and pomegranates, with pecans and peppers, and a big bowl of honeyed locusts. Strong Belwas bellowed, Locusts! as he seized the bowl and began to crunch them by the handful. Those are very tasty, advised Hisdar. You ought to try a few yourself, my love. They are rolled in spice before the honey, so they are sweet and hot at once. So there you go with Hisdar, Strong Belwas and the honeyed locusts. And on to question two. This was the one about the Dothraki who drink themselves blind on a rather curious alcoholic drink. We asked you what that was, and the answer is fermented mare's milk. Yeah, that's right. That delicious-sounding drink, fermented mare's milk. Here's a passage with Jorah and Danny from A Game of Thrones. You belong to the Dothraki now. In your womb rides the stallion who mounts the world. He held out his cup, and a slave filled it with fermented mare's milk, sour-smelling and thick with clots. Danny waved her away. Even the smell of it made her feel ill, and she could take no chances of bringing up the horse heart that she had forced herself to eat. Okay, so poor Danny, first a horse heart, and then sour and clotted fermented mare's milk. Oh my. Anyways, on to question three 
which had to do with Sansa and Arya arguing over the events on the Trident with Joffrey and Micah. Uh, They had a food fight of sorts in which Arya threw something at Sansa. We were looking for what type of food it was that was thrown, and the answer was blood orange. Yeah, it's the blood orange and the nasty juice is a dress-staining nightmare as Sansa learns. Here's the passage. It's not the same, Sansa said. The hound is Joffrey's sworn shield. Your butcher's boy attacked the prince. Liar, Arya said. Her hand clenched the blood orange so hard that red juice oozed between her fingers. Go ahead, call me all the names you want. Sansa said airily. You won't dare when I'm married to Joffrey. You'll have to bow to me and call me your grace. She shrieked as Aya flung the orange across the table. It caught her in the middle of the forehead with a wet squish and plopped down into her lap. You have juice on your face, your grace, Aya said. It was running down her nose and stinging her eyes. Sansa wiped it away with a napkin. When she saw what the fruit in her lap had done to her beautiful ivory silk dress, she shrieked again. So, Aya and Sansa, the best of friends as ever there. And so, on to question four, which was about Davos. He's called the Onion Knight. He smuggled that boatload of onions to Stannis. But there was other food as well that's lesser known that he smuggled with it. And we asked you what that was. And the answer is salt or salted fish. Yes, salt fish. Here is a passage from Clash of Kings. Davos the smuggler had dared the red wine cordon and the rocks of Shipbreaker Bay alike. His little ship had black hull, black sails, black oars, and a hold crammed with onions and salt fish. Little enough, yet it had kept the garrison alive long enough for Eddard Stark to reach Storm's End and break the siege. So there you go, Davos and the salt fish and onions, which sounds like enough to keep anyone going. Question five had to do with Arya Stark in a plot at Harrenhal, which involved Jack and Hagar and a vat of very hot soup. And the name given to the soup was Weasel Soup. Yes, the soup is named after Weasel, one of Arya Stark's many monikers. And here's where Shagwell the Demented Fool names it so. Shagwell the Fool hacked the heads off two dead knights and pranced about the castle, swinging them by the hair and making them talk. What do you... what did you die of? one head asked. Hot weasel soup, replied the second. Yes, so there's Shagwell as tasteless as ever with the talking heads and the weasel soup commentary. And on to question six now. This one was about Danny living in the Great Pyramids of Marine. And there's this kind of notable tree with edible fruit beside a pool. Like we said, it's a very idyllic scene. And we asked what the tree and the fruit were. And the answer is persimmon. Yeah, we have a passage here where Danny actually sees someone from her past standing under that tree. 
A soft rustle made her open her eyes again. She sat up with a soft splash. Miss Ande, she called. Eerie? Jiqui? They sleep, came the answer. A woman stood under the persimmon tree, clad in a hooded robe that brushed the grass. Beneath the hood, her face seemed hard and shiny. She's wearing a mask, Danny knew, a wooden mask finished in dark red lacquer. Quaith? Am I dreaming? So, Danny, seeing Quaith again there under the persimmon tree. Now, question seven had to do with a food that is often baked in pies, but it also is used as the name of a jailer on Dragonstone and as a disparaging nickname for Lord Wyman Manderley. And, of course, that food is lamprey. Yes, Lord Lamprey, they call Lord Wyman sometimes. And these are a type of blood-sucking eel. And lamprey pie is a very traditional meal in days of old. And we have a fun fact from history here. King Henry I was said to have died of food poisoning in 1135, caused by his eating a surfeit of lampreys, of which he was excessively fond. So there's a real-life Lord Lamprey right there. And so on to question eight. This was about the brothel that Arya and Gendry end up, where one of the hosts is called Bella. And we asked for the name of this in-stroke brothel because it was also an edible item. The answer is the peach. Yeah, the peach. And in the appendix for A Storm of Swords, we find out that the peaches of the inn are, in fact, the girls themselves, explaining why it's named so. And with Bella looking rather like a Baratheon, it seems like perhaps Robert might enjoy peaches as much as his brother Renly did. Okay, now, question nine. Which major feast in the books had food described like this? Feast began with a thin leek soup, followed by a salad of green beans, onions, and beets, river pike, poached in almond milk, mounds of mashed turnips that were cold before they reached the table, jellied calves' brains, and a leche of stringy beef. That was a list of food that just got worse and worse as it went along. And of course, the answer was the Red Wedding. Yeah, this kind of inferior quality food stuff being served up was one of the initial clues that something was up at this wedding, that something, that there was a plan up Walder's sleeves, perhaps. Here's a quote. It was poor fare to set before a king, and the calf's brains turned Catelyn's stomach. Yet Rob ate it uncomplaining, and her brother was too caught up with his bride to pay much attention. So yes, like we say, it's a clue that something was amiss there. And moving on to question number 10. This was about the wine that Aegon claims to have been swapped for as a baby. And the answer is Arbor Gold. Yeah, a baby traded for a jug of wine. Here is a passage from A Dance of Dragons. That was not me. I told you. That was some tanner's son from Pisswater Bend whose mother died birthing him. His father sold him to Lord Varys for a jug of Arbor Gold. He had other sons, but had never tasted Arbor Gold. Varys gave the Pisswater boy to my lady mother and carried me away. 
And of course, we'll point out that there is a possible connection. It seems like it occurs more than once between lies and arbor gold in the story. And this one is probably another good example of that connection. And now question 11 had to do with Joffrey's wedding to Marjorie, which was really shaping up to be one of the more magnificent feasts in the story before things went horribly wrong for the bridegroom. Our question was, how many courses were involved in this wedding? And the answer was 77. Yes, I've had some meals in my time, but 77 courses, I can't even imagine it. I think I'd like to try that one day. And I do have an excerpt. The first dish was a creamy soup of mushrooms and buttered snails served in gilded bowls. Tyrion had scarcely touched the breakfast and the wine had already gone to his head, so the food was welcome. He finished quickly. One done, 76 to come. 77 dishes. While there are still starving children in this city and men who would kill for a radish. They might not love the Tyrells half so well if they could see us now. Yes, it does speak to excess there when there had been riots and so on because of lack of food previously. So that was the Purple Wedding, 77 courses. And on to question 12, a very short question. Sansa Stark is known for loving one food. Come on, tell us what it is. The answer is those lemon cakes. Yeah, lemony lemon lemon cakes. And here we have another uh, passage from The Purple Wedding with some more food descriptions. Later came sweetbreads and pigeon pie and baked apples, fragrant with cinnamon and lemon cakes, frosted in sugar. But by then, Sansa was so stuffed that she could not manage more than two little lemon cakes, as much as she loved them. She was wondering whether she might attempt a third when the king began to shout. So Sansa, even as stuffed as she was, still managing to squeeze in a few lemon cakes. And now question 13 had to do with that cheap stew that's sold in the pot shops in Flea Bottom has some uh, rather questionable meat content usually. Uh, what is it? the name that it is known by? The answer is Bola Brown. Yeah, Bola Brown. You can have your 77 courses. Sometimes I just want a bowl of brown. And here's a quote in the bottom. There were pot shops along the alleys where huge tubs of stew had been simmering for years and you could trade half your bird for a heel of yesterday's bread and a bowl of brown. And they'd even stick the other half in the fire and crisp it for you. So long as you plucked the feathers yourself, Arya would have given anything for a cup of milk and a lemon cake, but the brown wasn't so bad. It usually had barley in it, and chunks of carrot and onion and turnip, and sometimes even apple, with a film of grease swimming on top. Mostly, she tried not to think about the meat. Okay, so bowl of brown. I didn't like the description of the film of grease swimming on the top. I think I would scoop that off, give it a miss. But anyway, on to question number 14. And this was about guess right 
which two foodstuffs traditionally invoke this tradition of guess right? And the answer is bread and salt. Yeah, bread and salt are the foods that you would want to be served at someone's table to show that you've symbolically been given the protection of guest right. And we have a passage here, uh, another one from Storm Swords. Here's Cat and Rob approaching the twins. Catelyn shifted in her seat uncomfortably. If we are offered refreshment when we arrive, on no account refuse. Take what is offered and eat and drink where all can see. If nothing is offered, ask for bread and cheese and a cup of wine. I'm more wet than hungry. Rob, listen to me. Once you have eaten of his bread and salt, you have the guest right, and the laws of hospitality protect you beneath his roof. So that has the sad and unfortunate ring of famous last words there. And moving on to question 15, it had to do with the description of a meal. And which region would you find this meal in? The kid had been roasted with lemon and honey. With it were grape leaves stuffed with a melange of raisins, onions, mushrooms, and fiery dragon peppers. And this one sounds really good. You would find this in Dorne. Yes, I like the sound of that. I like hot food. So I would do well down in Dorn, I think. And I think the clue there was the fiery dragon peppers at the end. You know, that fiery pepper that, that brings to mind Dorn. And here's a quote. In the Reach, men said it was the food that made Dornish men so hot-tempered and their women so wild and wanton. Fiery peppers and strange spices heat the blood. So, in, on second thoughts, I, I might stay away from these uh, Dornish meals. Anyway, on to question number 16. This one was about the singer's stew and which singer went into this singer's stew that was, that was facilitated by Bronn at the behest of Tyrion. And the answer is the one and only Simon Silvertongue. Yeah, that's right. Simon Silvertongue, who had the misfortune to write a clever little ditty about Tyrion and his woman Shay, and certainly lived to regret it. Now, our final question had to do with another description of foods, and we were looking for a name of the event where the following food was served. The guests gorged on cod cakes and winter squash, hills of neeps and great round wheels of cheese, on smoking slabs of mutton and beef ribs charred almost black, and lastly, on three great wedding pies, as wide across as wagon wheels, their flaky crust stuffed to bursting with carrots, onions, turnips, parsnips, mushrooms, and chunks of seasoned pork swimming in a savory brown gravy. And of course, that delicious collection of food was served at Ramsay and fake Arya Stark's wedding at Winterfell in A Dance with Dragons. And those three great wedding pies are what are commonly known as fray pies in the fandom, which are thought to contain the remnants of Jared, Simon, and Rhaegar Frey. Okay, so some more forced unknowing cannibalism there. What do you think, Lady Gwyn? 
Well, only two questions about cannibalism in a food quiz. So I think that's not too bad for A Song of Ice and Fire. That's pretty good going. So we really hope that you enjoyed it. I thought that the theme was quite a fun one. So I, I hope that came across well. And we do love it when you guys, you know, communicate to us, send us your scores, tell us how you've done. We're on all the social media. We've got Facebook. We're on Twitter. We might even post this on Reddit. But wherever you can find us, let us know your score. Oh, YouTube, of course. We've got a lot of learned YouTube watchers who um, enjoy these quizzes, I know. So, yeah, give us your scores. And we will be back soon with another serious episode. These bonus quizzes are just kind of to pass the time while we're busy working away on the more serious content. So we hope you had fun. Cheers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.